all kind of animals. There are opossums, raccoons. I've caught a few raccoons in my cage and took them off. Squirrels, aggravating, cantankerous squirrels. I've caught many of those, brought them down to the church, 20, about 20 down to the church. Hope they prayed through. Deer. We have deer that sleep in our yard. Uh, they sleep in the front yard, front yard and the backyard. We have a mother deer that comes year after year and gives birth to a phone about 15 feet from our back porch. Same place every year. It's interesting to see that little... Uh, Bambi that just when it's born try to move and walk. It's so unstable. But he gets up. And that mother won't leave that baby deer until it can walk and follow her and it jostles down through the woods. Uh, animals. Mother Fox came and gave birth to two beautiful red fox under our the pipe under our driveway. And we've enjoyed those fox for several years. I mean, mom and dad left and the, uh, the little ones stayed there and they, they, they got grown. They're beautiful. They, we drive in at night and the lights come in and they poke their head out, you know, just as cute as they can be. Not hardly afraid of us. Just beautiful, beautiful little animals. A lot of animals, a lot of birds. I love birds. We have two bird feeders in the back, and one's close to the window. We have a um, panoramic view of our whole backyard and woods. But it's a joy just to watch those birds. We have nut hatches and house finch, uh, goldfinch. Goldfinch are, birds are very pretty. They're very pretty. The house finch, they bother me sometimes because if you leave the garage open, they're inevitably going to go in that garage and you can't get them out. You, just, you get your broom and you holler and try to get them. Those house finch are aggravating sometimes, but they're beautiful. Robin, Tohe, T-O-W-H, we have all kind of birds back there. We have, uh, we have birds, we, we have large birds and small birds. We, ha we, we have buzzards. Yeah, we have a lot of buzzards. In fact, we wake up sometime and there's about 20 or 25 bu buzzards in the, in, the, in the trees, about four or five on our. There's something you don't want on top of your house when you have a charcoal dark roof and that's a buzzard. So I get awful and shoo away the buzzards. But I'm glad for the buzzards. We have a lot of roadkill on Coal Mill Road, and they, they, they really enjoy eating. Crows and doves and wrens. Blue jays. For the last two years, we've had 
a set of Blue Jays to come. Blue Jays are interesting. They're aggressive. The Blue Jay is an aggressive bird. Now, when the female comes in to eat, it doesn't make noise, but the, but the male, he makes a lot of noise. Well, he lets you know he's there, and he lets every other bird know, I'm here, you leave this bird feeder, and they do. Everything's afraid. Everything's afraid of the male blue jay. Except one bird that we have to come and feed very often. And that's the red-headed woodpecker. Now that red-headed woodpecker don't make any noise when he flies and he just swoops in. And when he swoops in, everybody leaves, including that aggravating, cantankerous blue jay. Because the red-headed woodpecker is boss. As long as he's eating, nobody bothers. That's sort of like the Holy Spirit. You know, oh, any Satan himself, he comes in with noise and all kind of stuff, and he's going to control and run everything himself, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will swoop in. You don't make a lot of noise, but everybody knows he's in charge. Interesting to see those birds, though. It's interesting to see the pecking order. I mean, the big ones, usually they run every other bird off. But it's interesting to see the pecking order of the smaller birds. And this one will fly in, and this one will leave. This one will fly in, and this one will leave. Do you know what's the lowest on the pecking order? The little sparrow. Everybody drives off the sparrow. But Jesus said his eye is on the sparrow. He said is not two sparrows sold for one fathering, which is just one penny. Two, they're not worth a whole lot. But out of all the animals, out of all the birds that Matthew could have mentioned, Jesus said, I take care of the sparrow. He mentioned the lowest bird on the totem pole. Why? Should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long? For heaven, a home. When Jesus is 
my portion. Oh, a constant friend is he. His eye is on the sparrow and I know that he watches over me his eye is on the sparrow And I know he watches over me. Will I sing because I'm happy? You know I sing because I'm free for his eye. He's on that sparrow and I know that he watches over me. Oh, I sing because I'm happy. Yes, I am. Well, I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow and I know that he watches over me. There is peace in of trouble. And there's peace in the midst of the stone. I know a peace, though the world be raging in the shelter of when all around you is trouble. And when there's a storm and as Joy sung that song and the ship is battered and the sails are torn, there's a peace. You know why? Because with the disciples, Jesus was on the boat. And you know what the anchor is that she sung about? It's none other than Jesus Christ himself. There is peace, though the world be raging in the shelter in the shelter of his arms. You found that to be true. Praise him today. Would you do that?
We'll miss Judy, I guess. I'm glad you got well and can still tickle those ivories. Thank you. The beautiful setting and wood behind me was done by several people, but mainly Chris Ferrer. Chris, would you stand, please? Would you stand? Would you give him a great hand? Thank you. That man has more talent in his little finger than many of us have in our whole hand. He is the one, mainly, that did that. One of the reasons is because we film and it's showing on screen and it, it, it appears much better than just the plain background. And so it's not only that, but it's a blessing for us. And I would like to thank you, Chris, and all that helped him to make that really possible. Thank you for coming this morning. We're so glad that you are here. Uh, we want to be able to minister this, continue this thought that I have on my heart in St. John chapter 14. Let not your heart be what? Troubled. You say, preacher, we live in a troubled time. Never seen a time like we live with the COVID and all that's going on with the results of that and what's happening in our nation where we are spiritually, morally in our nation. It's concerning, especially if you're a believer and you know the scripture. It is very concerning. But in St. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3, Jesus is saying to his troubled disciples, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And then he says to them, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, you, there you may be also. Are you looking for him to come back? Someone said, and many believe that that's speaking the first time in the New Testament of the rapture of the church. Now, there are many people that do not believe in the rapture. I believe in the rapture of this church. Uh, it's, it's theological stand is on the rapture of the church. And I believe it's going to happen. And that's what he is talking about. Knowing the difference, notice the introduction. If you don't have an outline, please go back and get one. Or Brother uh, Chip has them. Please raise your hands. It is just a great, I work very hard. At least make me feel good by taking one. Knowing the difference, notice the introduction, between the things we can control and the things we can't is very important. Incredible change happens in our lives when we decide to take control of what we have power over instead of craving control over what we don't have power. Much of what happens in our lives, you and I, now there's some things we don't have to control, but you and I have control. And that's the reason that the Bible speaks here 
of let. In other words, Jesus said, let not, let not your heart be troubled. We can control our input, but we can't control the outcome. I can control my relationships. I can control who I fellowship with. Is my, are my relationships detrimental to me spiritually, even physically? I can control that. There are things, as I said, that we have power and we can control. Notice number two, in most situations, we can influence the outcome, but we can't control it. The pregnancy of a person, they can control the input. What they eat, the rest that they get, get the medication that they take, all the things that goes on. But they can't control the outcome of that pregnancy. It is important to understand what we can and what we cannot control. Principles concerning things we can control and principles concerning things that we can't. Now stay with me on this. It is very important. Our families, our homes, our own personal life, whether we're teenagers whether we're moms and dads or grandparents. This is very important. Notice number three, or, or be under number three. Focusing on what we can't control often takes uh, our energy and attention away from what we cannot control. And it certainly makes us less effective. My wife gets on me all the time because I'm sometimes concerned about things I can't control. And it bothers me. You know, how people feel about me. I can't control how you feel or people feel about me. You can't control that. You can live your life. You can dedicate yourself to Jesus Christ but how people feel about you. I want to read that again because it is so important. Focusing on what we can't control often takes our energy and attention away from what we can control. And a lot of people are a whole lot less effective because they concentrate too much on what they can't control. You can't control the weather. How many preachers get up on Sunday morning and say, my God, it's cloudy and rainy and whatever. You can't. Why worry over it? You can't control it. And you can't control how people are going to react to the weather. I skipped over number uh, 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 eight. Focusing on what we can control takes discipline. Focusing on what we can control takes, it's a practice. I must, I must practice that. I must pray over it. Certainly ask God to help us in our weakness. Get over it. Take a step by step. Take a step of faith and believe in God and understand that. 
Notice, when we focus on what we can control, I love this one, we don't worry as much about what we can't control. Give me one amen. There you go. <laughs> it's important. Let me say it again. When we focus on what we can control, we don't worry no ways as as much of what we can't control. A lot of people, especially my wife and I were talking about this, even this morning, I guess it was, on, on things that people can control. You can, you know, you can't control what people think about you. And you can't control how people treat you because you certainly get away from them. <laughs> we don't have to let, listen, we don't have to let things come in our home. I can control what comes in my home on my television, on all the things that the enemy would pile on us. You can control that. And you fare a whole lot better with the things you can't control if you understand and discipline yourself and practice controlling the things you can control. That's the reason Jesus said, let not your heart be trouble. Notice number two, your heart. God, he says your heart. This is so important. God cares about each and every one of us individually. Now he has a whole world, a whole universe, all of mankind to look after and take care of, but he takes you and I just like that little sparrow and he loves us and watches over us and takes care of us. He feeds the little sparrow. He feeds the little sparrow. He takes care of us. He cares about us personally. But then Jesus deals with the heart. Amen? That's the important part. If your heart's not right, your home's not right. If your heart's not right, your work is not right. If your heart is right, other things are right. From the abundance of the heart. From the abundance of, let not your heart be troubled. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. I hope I wrote it down somewhere. I don't know if I did or not. It's a good one. Did I give you Proverbs 4, 23? Sister Carol, find that for me. It's a good, that's a good verse. And then 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, stay with me, stay with me, says, casting all your care on him for he what? He cares for you. The devil tried to tell you God don't care for you. Look how things are happening in your life. But God cares. He cares about everything that happens to us in our life. Let not your heart be trouble. Did you find it? Anybody else? Oh. Keep your heart with all what? Diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence. Guard it. Because that's where life springs 
from. Let not. So we have power. We have influence over what influences us. Your heart, personally, your heart. Be troubled. Now, let me ask this question. Why, listen to me, why would Jesus tells, tell those disciples? Now, they're with him. Why would he tell them, don't, at this particular time, don't let your heart be troubled? Now, you may be troubled this morning. And there may be reasons, reasons why you are troubled and your heart is troubled and you're concerned and all of these things. Notice these disciples. Christ had just told them he was leaving them. <laughs> They'd been with him for over three years. I'm going away. You can't go away. You're God. You're Jesus. You've led us for over three years and now you're telling us that you're leaving? Can you imagine? Now, this stuff is heavy. So watch. First of all, he says, I'm leaving you. Then he says, one of you are a traitor. You're a traitor. Can you imagine sitting just 12? It's not 40 or 50 people. It's just 12 of them. And they're sitting around the supper table. And he says, one of you are, it is a traitor. One of you is a traitor. That was another heavy. I mean, he's dropping these things on them. I'm leaving you. One of you is a traitor. And then he looks and tells Peter, Peter, you're going to fall away. You're going to deny me. I'm leaving you. One of you is a traitor. And Peter, the apostle, is going to deny Jesus Christ. What's, what are you troubled over? Let me ask you that. Are you troubled? No matter what it is, Jesus said, listen, listen. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Notice the cure. And you say, Pastor, I'm troubled. Something's bothering me. My family, my home, my children, my grandchildren, my job. My health, something, something is bothering me. Here's the cure for it. First of all, verse 2, it says, uh, he is a provider. He says, in my father's house are many mansions. How many of you know that food line's not your provider? Well, that's where I get my, well, your job is not, Jesus Christ is your provider. Think of that just a moment. Who, who is my provider? None other than Jesus Christ. So Christ is not only the provider, he says, believe in me. I'm your provider. And he also says, I am the way to the Father. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to thee, Father, except through me. I mean, this is a God of the universe. This is our Father. And how do we get there? Jesus did not say, I am a way. I am a truth. I am a life. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. The way and life, you've got two of them. The way and life, what's, on, what's in the middle? Truth. 
I'm the way, truth. And that's how we find peace. It's through and by Jesus Christ, and he is truth. Christ is not only the provider. He is not only the way to the Father. He is the answer to prayer. Verses 13, I love this. Look at verses 13 and 14. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything <laughs> in my name, I will do it. So he is the answer to our prayer. If you pray, he's listening. If you pray, he will answer you. Maybe not the way and when you want it, but Jesus Christ. He is a provider. He is a way to the Father. He is the answer to prayer. In verse 16, he is a giver of the Holy Spirit. I love this one. Look at verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you. What? Forever. He never leaves you. When you feel good, when you feel bad. At 12 o'clock at noon or at 12 o'clock at midnight. When you're hurting, when you're upset, when you're worried, when you're troubled, when things don't turn out the way you want them to, he says, I will get, listen at me, this is important, I will give you another comforter, and he shall not only comfort you, he shall give you power, Acts 1 and 8, he shall be unto you what you need. Jesus Christ is our provider. He is our way to the Father. He is the answer to prayer. He is the giver of the Holy Spirit. And he is the coming one. He says in verse 3, look at it. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am you may be also. Wow. Isn't that wonderful? What... what uh, let me ask you something. What does heaven mean to you? You know he's in heaven. Now he's with us here through the Spirit, Christ is. But the Father in Jesus is in heaven. He says, I'm going to prepare a place. I will come again. And he says, I will receive you unto myself, that where I am, you may be also. And he's there. I don't know what heaven means to you, but I'll tell you, I think about being forever with Jesus Christ, streets of gold, mansion. He said, I go to prepare a mansion, a place, room. I go to prepare a place for you. Wow. Can you imagine a place that God, that Jesus would prepare for his people? Now, I don't know about you, but I, I, that gets me excited. Jesus said, I will prepare you a place. He's coming soon. And I'll tell you, that is a great hope for you and I today that Jesus Christ is coming. He'll take us home to be with him and we will forever reign with Christ throughout the eternal ages. Jesus tells, Jesus tells of a peace or comfort Verse 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, not as the world gives. Let not your heart be troubled, neither 
let it be afraid. Twice here in this chapter, Jesus is telling us he's going to give us peace. He says in Matthew, when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that you be not what? Trouble. See that you be not trouble. So he gives us a peace and a place, eternal worship. I just told you about it. And then he gives us a promise. And I just read it, verse 3. I go to prepare you a place. And he also says in 2 Thessalonians, the Bible says that you not soon be shaken. Are you troubled today? Does something bother you? There's a verse that's found over in Psalms 94 and 19. In the middle of my thoughts, this is one translation, within me, your comforts delight my soul. In the middle of my thoughts, within me, your comforts delight my soul. There's one translation that says, In the middle of my troubles, you roll me over with rollicking delight. Psalms 94. You roll me over with rollicking delight. I'm so glad that God does not leave us when we get in trouble. I'm so glad he's an ever-present help in the time of need. I've been saying that for many, many years. It's just as true and just as real and just as comforting today as ever. Jesus is saying, as Brother Denny and the team comes, he's saying to every one of us, your home. What's going on in your home? What's going, listen to me, what's going on in your life? What are we troubled over? He says, let not your heart be troubled. You have the power and the ability to keep yourself in Christ, in the Holy Spirit, in peace, in the peace of the Lord. Sister Judy, let's play that again. And there's peace in the midst of trouble. There is peace in the midst of the storm there is peace though the world be raging in the shelter of his arm if I'll sing it in the right key you can play it in the right key there is peace in the midst of trouble. There is peace in the midst of the storm. Close your eyes just a moment. There is peace. Think about that peace that he provides. Be raging in the shelter of his arm.
song. Sing it one more time. There is peace in the midst of trouble. There is peace in the midst of the stone. There is peace though the world be raging in the shelter of some of you know it. Everyone stand, sing it again. There is peace. There is peace in the midst of trouble. There is peace in the midst of the stone. There is peace though the world In the shelter of... I don't even know if I can sing this old song, Judy. I don't know what the kids in. Vic, go a little bit higher, if you will. Victory, victory, victory is mine. Victory. I know some of you know do you know that, Joy? <laughs> All right. Praise God. I, I'm trying to think of another song. Victory in Jesus. I want to sing a victory song. You know that one. I know Brother David and you guys know that one. Amen. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior. Forever will he sought me with his redeeming blood. Will he love me and knew him? And all my love is due him. Will he punch me to victory beneath the cleansing? Fly. Oh, there is victory in Jesus, my Savior, forever. Will He sought me and He bought me Will he punch me to victory? Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for a peace that goes beyond our understanding. Lord, a hope and a comfort in our lives. We thank you for that. We thank you because you give us victory. 
And Lord, I pray for every mom, every dad, every family, every home, every young person in this place today. Lord, I want to join their prayers. I want to join, dear God, their faith as we believe that you're going to bring them through no matter what they're facing, no matter the storm, no matter the enemy that comes against them. Lord, you give them grace through and by your Holy Spirit. And we thank you for that. God, we believe, dear Father, that each and every one shall be lifted today through and by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Will I heard and know, go fast, sorry, how our Savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. Oh, I heard about his groaning, well, of his precious blood atoning. Then I repented of my sin and won a victory. Well, oh, victory in Jesus. Oh, well, I heard about a mansion. He's building me in glory. And I heard about the streets of gold beyond the crystal sea. About the angels singing and the old redemption story. We'll end some sweet day. I'll sing up there the songs of victory. Sing it out. your head for just a moment. You're here today, you don't know Jesus Christ, but you'd like to know him. Feel free to lift your hand. Ask for prayer. You're here today and you know Christ, but you sort of gotten away from him. You know you need that closer walk with him. Feel free to lift your hand. No one looking around. I'll pray for you. I believe the Lord for you. You're here today and you say, Pastor, this sermon really spoke to my heart concerning some things that I'm going through. And I need help. I need prayer. I need someone to come along beside of me and encourage me. Maybe you just heard something that bothers you. Maybe today you just need God's Holy Spirit to speak to your heart a peace that's so wonderful. And he will. Just slip up that hand. 
God bless. God bless. God bless. Anyone else? God bless you today. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit of God, touch hearts here today. Every hand that was lifted, every concern, every burdened mom, every burdened dad. God, you know what the youth and the children are facing at this time, especially with school. Let them know that they need not to be troubled. Hallelujah. Sweet Holy Spirit, do a work right now in Jesus' name. Come home. Come home. Come home. Ye who are weary. If you have a need, you'd like to come and sit in the chair. We want to pray for you. If you have a special need and you'd like someone to agree with you, just feel free to come. Jesus is calling, calling all sinners. Come. Most of us know that song. Sing it there where you're standing. Each one, would you do it? Come. Come home. Come on home. Ye who Before we leave, I want to leave this verse with you. I read it earlier. Jesus writing to the church at Thessalonica, speaking of the end times. And this verse is for someone this week. As you go out this week, allow the Lord to, to minister it to you. It's found in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 2. That you be not soon shaken in mind, or trouble. Lord, plant that verse in our hearts. May we walk in that truth. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Turn around, speak to someone, say it's good to see you in the house of the Lord.